Found my guest. We are joined right now by the executive director of the Morad Center for the Study of Sports Law and a professor of practice at Villanova University. He did serve as a Green Bay Packer vice president from 1999 through 2008. Former agent who represented NFL players, host of the Business of Sports podcast, a contributor to Sports Illustrated, Andrew Brandt is my guest. Andrew, it is great to have you on the show once again. Thank you very much. How are you? Jim, always a pleasure. And uh, as you noted all my career, it's always been the case where I am busier after the seasons than during the seasons. It was kind of a counterintuitive to all the other people who work in football where the guy, the coaches, the scouts, the players busy during seasons. But once the season ends, that's where things heat up in the business world. Andrew, it's funny. I read one of your columns recently because I subscribed to your newsletter, and you said something really funny, that when the season would end, the players would say to you, so, do you get to go home now? <laughs> like like summer camp or something, right? Lay that out. Yeah, I'll explain it. If people should get the newsletter, I appreciate that. Just go to andrew-brandt.com every Sunday. And I always, you know, for 18 teams and another six this past weekend, it's over. So the day after is packing boxes. You go from a hustling, bustling facility for six months to by noon of that Monday, it's over. I mean, everybody's out. The locker room's empty. It becomes a quiet, like a shining building for, six, for three months. And the story you mentioned is I would sort of be like a camp counselor saying goodbye to everyone at the Packers every year in January until they came back in April. And I just remember these players looking at me and saying, Andrew, do you have to stay here? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's my job. You know, I, I It's really funny. Oh, so you have to stay in Green Bay? You don't go to Florida like like us or whatever? So it was interesting. That is really funny. Andrew Brandt joining us. You know, obviously because you work for the Packers as long as you did, there's obviously a strong connection there. But having said that, I would imagine, Andrew, even if you didn't, you would still have profound respect for the so-called Packer way. For those who don't know, how would you define or describe the Packer way? What is it and why do you admire it so much? Yeah, Jim, I'm still a fan. My sons are still, okay, they grew up there. We went to the game on Sunday in Dallas, and there were not just us, there were thousands and thousands of Packer fans in Cowboys Stadium. But it's really simple. It is avoiding the quick fixes, the sexy free agent signings. It is believing in your scouting, really trusting your scouting, and hiring coaches to play young players. Like when we interviewed the Mike McCarthy's or whoever we hired, like it was sort of handed down. You're going to play young players. They're not security blankets like coaches love. They're not experienced, but you're going to play them. And then from my angle, where I ran the whole financial part of the organization, go to players early in their careers. Sign them up. Don't let them get near free agency. Pay your core players top dollar. And then, of course, always, always draft and develop because you need that pipeline. And then on the quarterback side, you know, Jim, in the, in the early years, we used to draft quarterbacks late. If you remember Aaron Brooks and Mark Burnell and Matt Hasselbeck, and they were never going to play because we had superstars. But once we drafted Aaron, we realized this is something we'll need at some point. And, of course, everyone hated it. Why are you taking Aaron Rodgers when you have other needs? It happened again three years ago. Why are you taking Jordan Love when you have other needs? But that's the patience. You know one day you're going to need this player, and better to draft him now than wait till you need him. 
That is the Packer way, and it's showing up over and over again. Andrew Brandt joining us. So, Andrew, what about that? Like, obviously, it's way too soon, and I want to be very careful who I compare who to, but Jordan Love has looked sensational. I mean, he has looked sensational. What are your thoughts when you watch him play, and does it look like maybe Aaron did hand the baton to a guy who's going to be set for the next decade? You know what, Jim? I'm not the X's and O's guy. I'm not the scout, and I'm not going to venture in that lane. But I will say this. He reminds me so much of Aaron off the field, a young Aaron off the field, because he's got this chill. You know, these California guys, they've got this California chill. They don't take things too seriously. He is a calm person when the bullets are flying. And I noticed that the first press conference he gave when – Everyone's just throwing out all these questions about waiting and sitting for three years. I mean, to do that in itself, no one, no one besides Aaron and Jordan Love sit for three years in the NFL. And it just creates this mental toughness and this security within themselves. I've been so impressed with him. And, of course, as everyone knows, he's bonding with seven young receivers all under the age of 24 so it's just a nice way for this group to come up together. And so true. He is so cool. Like he, he is a really cool dude, but that doesn't mean that he's not serious about the craft and doesn't mean he's not yeah. a great player with great arm talent. Andrew, I'm curious about Aaron. For instance, I've known Aaron a long time. This has always been a big Aaron house. I've always loved the guy. I know you think the world of him, but the world has changed. I would argue Aaron himself has changed because we all do. What do you make of what you see and hear from Aaron now, knowing him as long as you've known him? Yeah, I mean, this is touchy because I have liked him and known him a long time. But the, the, the most I knew him, the most regularly I saw him, he was a young player. He was a backup and he was learning to be a starter. And we communicated so often during the messy divorce when we moved from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. And he handled himself beautifully, like just, I'm not going to say anything. I defer to Brett. You guys make the decision. And I just kept telling him, we are handing the keys to you. Do not worry about this. Keep your head down. And I knew him, you know, through the years where he ascended to one of the top players in the sport. I don't know this Aaron Rodgers, you know, that has been given the forum every week to spout on anything he wants to talk about, whether football or beyond. And what I can say about that is, I, you know, me, I don't buy in. Like, I don't. I don't engage in the the back and forth about Aaron and the drama he creates. I just think that's sort of outside of football. I will say this. Aaron is off the charts intelligent. When we tested him, his numbers were off the charts. He picked up offenses. He was extraordinary in our locker room. Uh, No problem with that whatsoever. Guys liked him. Guys gravitated to him the same way it's now happening with Jordan. I appreciate your thoughts on that. Really good insight. Andrew Brandt joining us. So, Andrew, you recently posed, I thought, a really interesting question on The X. You asked, which fan base is feeling worse right now, Eagles or Cowboys? Let me turn that around on you. Which fan base do you think should feel worse right now, the Eagles or the Cowboys? Quick story, Jim. I'm, we're at the game, and it's just going all the Packers' way. There was some questionable call. The Packers, you know, I thought it was a call that shouldn't have been called on the Packers. My boys and I are, like, saying, what is that? And our our Cowboys fans around us are looking at us and saying, just give us that. 
<laughs> just, mm. just give us that, please. Come on. Uh, anyway, it depends. I thought the Eagles would, after the backsliding the last third of the season, okay, now it's playoffs. Now it's Tampa, not a great team. They'll turn it on. I really thought that. I really thought that. They're so talented, the offense and defensive lines. And they didn't. And I, I would think that's a mis- more that's a fan base that, like, what happened? I think we're going to find out in coming weeks, like, what the heck happened to that team? But if you're putting me on the spot, I would say the Cowboys, because they teased once again, strong regular season, putting away teams, and then this. The Packers, as everyone knows, receivers are running, running wild in that secondary. There's no fight. And, you know, it, it, it's, we know the answer, but after that game, you have to put everything on the table. McCarthy, Quinn, Prescott, Micah Parsons. But they're going to run it back. And I don't know, Jim, if I would feel differently. I know Jerry Jones, people think he's impulsive, but his history is, he hung 10 years with Jason Garrett, so he's not really that type. But I think if you're a Cowboys fan now, it's like you don't really pay attention to the record until January now. Like, so they go 12-5 and five or 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. Like, who cares, right? Who cares? Can they advance in January is going to be the question. I know Mike McCarthy well. I was part of hiring him 17 years ago. Uh, he's a good coach, extremely good coach. Can he win the big one down there? That's the open question. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's all fair. I think that's all fair. I think even Nick Sirianni, who was in the Super Bowl last year, is we got this whole thing going on. It's a side argument, Andrew, where the Steeler fans are so unhappy with Mike Tomlin, and I keep defending Mike Tomlin, saying anybody outside of Pittsburgh would love to have this guy, and then Steeler fan keeps turning this thing on its head and saying to me, yeah, Rome, but you're critical of McCarthy. There is no difference. And I'm like, there's a big difference. Yeah. You and I could get into that whole thing. Thing, but I don't want to do that. I want to ask you this because you're so well-versed in the business of sport. I find this really curious, Andrew. It, there were eight head coaching yeah. openings this year at one point. It seems to me to be an astonishing number. Is it an anomaly or is that the new normal? And how do you explain that? I explain it by something I talk about every day in the name of my you know, brand. <laughs> the business has gotten so big. Jim, we have media contracts that everyone knows worth $110 billion. We have a latest franchise sale of $6 billion. We have these franchises all probably valued over $5 billion. That's just extraordinary. So whether it's David Pepper, Pepper or whether it's, pick a name, Dean Spanos, they're just not going to worry about paying off tens of millions of dollars of coaching money. They're just not worried about it. In the past, that's an issue. But even Mark Davis, who's cash poor, he's got so much money coming in from the league that you just don't worry about that. So you go and fix it. Everybody's like that now. We turn over a quarter of the league in head coaching, and who knows, Sirianni may make it nine. But they don't care. The money is so big for the business, they have to move on from these guys if they want to get it right. You know, Jimmy Haslam's been doing this for a long time. With Cleveland, he had one and done. He had a two and done, and now everyone's doing it. You know, three coaches didn't even make it through the season in Staley and Reich and uh, McDaniel. So 
there's just no patience anymore because the money's so big. So let me finally ask you this. Caleb Williams declared for the NFL draft. <laughs> Andrew, was there really a time where people try to convince themselves that this guy in particular may actually stay in school because there was so much NIL money? Was that really a thing? <laughs> it's funny, Jim, because I just to, uh, to let you know, I've been consulted by some families in the past couple of weeks about whether they should stay in or not. But these are maybe players that will go in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, and now you're sort of weighing a $150,000 NFL bonus versus making 200000 of NIL. That's a conversation. Caleb Williams is not a conversation. I mean, he's going to get a bonus of $26, 27000000 at total contract of $35, $38 million. There's no way NIL can compete with that. And even if it could... The whole idea in the NFL to make real money is to get your rookie contract in so you can get to your next contract in three years. So there was, I mean, him, Marvin Harrison, any of these guys, it's just no comparison. That was just folly to sort of hear about that earlier this year. No doubt. Leave us with this thought. So what about the Packers? If you circle all the way back, they're having a great year. I'd argue they're way ahead of schedule. And then no matter what happens this weekend, they're in a great place. The future is so bright. But... They're going to play this game. What kind of a shot do you give them against San Francisco? Well, it's hard to eradicate my bias. I think they got a shot. But I know the pundits are saying there's no way this is such a, a, a juggernaut, these 49ers. You know, I just it's like anything. You know, can the Packers hang around? Can the Packers be in a position to make some plays? Jordan Love is playing lights out that whole thing, why not now? Just because they're ascending, why not now? Obviously, if you're a betting man, you're going to look at the 49ers, but I don't put anything past this Packer team. And the same thing with Houston. It's like, why not now? Just because everyone thinks they're a year away or two years away, why not now? We'll see. I did it. I took I took the points. I like the value for both those teams because they both have great quarterbacks. They're not afraid, and they're dangerous, and I, I like them a lot. Really quickly, because I subscribe to the newsletter, and I look forward to it every single weekend. If people are listening right now and they're not getting it, what do they do to get it? It's simple. My website is andrew-brandt.com. All you do is put in your email, and you get it free every Sunday morning. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Jim. I just put in thoughts that could be about sports, could be business, could be life. It's just something I enjoy writing, and I hope people enjoy reading. It's good content. I do. I enjoy it a lot. Andrew, thanks so much. Really appreciate you, and appreciate you coming back on. That was great. Always great, Jim. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Yes, sir. Andrew Brandt joining us. I I subscribe to a lot of things, and like a lot of you, I don't want to subscribe to a lot of things, but there are some things that I cannot unsubscribe to because I have friends they kind of hit me over the head with, what's your email address, dude? And they would know if I would unsubscribe. This is not one of those things. That's a good newsletter. I read that. I look forward to that every single Sunday.